Hi, I'm Adewale Adejumo. I build businesses and I also teach people how to take control of their lives. You are listening to the Happy Like Buddha podcast where I'll be bringing you some of the best personal growth mentors and entrepreneurs on the planet and they will be sharing the best ideas on personal growth for mind, body, spirit and work. A word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by dropstore.co.za. If you want to start an online e-commerce business, Dropstore helps you create an online website and helps you find products from suppliers to sell on your online store, add them to your online store and ship them directly to your customers easily. You will never have to pay upfront for an inventory, which keeps your risks very low. Visit dropstore.co.za to find products or to distribute your products to the thousands of resellers on the platform. Use Dropstore to start and grow your online business today. All right, everyone. Welcome to Happy Like Buddha. If you're joining us, it's because you, my friend, have a vision. You have a vision for your life, not as it is, but how it could be. And our goal is to help you gain the skills from the simple to the seemingly impossible. Any guests that we bring on are the people that I truly believe have the insights and knowledge to help you convert your ideas into concrete reality. And that transformation is what this podcast is really about, which brings me to my next guest. If you've ever thought about how to become happier, healthier, and even wealthier, and enjoy life every single day, improve your relationship with your spouse, work colleagues, family, friends, then you want to listen to my next guest because today we will be talking about the life-changing power of gratitude. My guest is the author of 10 books, including the Amazon bestseller, 30 Days, Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. His books have reached more than 400,000 readers and have been translated into more than 15 languages. I would like to welcome Mark Reclau. Mark, welcome. Hello, nice to be here. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for having me. Welcome to Afilak like Buddha. You know, I want to find out something. What made you and how did you go from, from reading about your autobiography so that you went from being unemployed to then becoming a writer? Like what made you make a transition? Why don't you just go and look for um, another job like, you know, like most people do from being unemployed? <laughs> That's what most of my friends and family asked me seven years ago. Why don't uh, it was very easy. So I was very burned out also from my job. I had a dream of becoming like an entrepreneur, a life coach, and I did already the training before. So I was a trained life coach already. And then I said, okay, you know, because I also, I sent a couple of curriculums and I noticed, uh oh, looks bad for me because I was 40 already. So I sent curriculums to Germany. They didn't even call me because, and then I just came to the conclusion that they said, this guy is lost. He has worked and lived 10 years in Spain. We can never put the German working ethic on him anymore. And then when I applied in Spain, I got offers that were, were worse than 10 years before when I was started working in Spain. So that for me was one reason more to say, okay, I I'm gonna try it. Yeah, I'm gonna try to open coaching business. I studied marketing. How can I get people, clients, right? How to get clients. And I always wanted to write a book because during that time, before I was uh, fired, I got aware of something that in personal development, and you know it, 
if you read many books about it, it's always the same exercises coming back. Goal setting, gratitude, but nobody does it. But the ones who do it, they actually become successful. So I said, oh, there's something here. And then I started writing my book, 30 Days, which was actually a collection of these exercises that I knew that worked. During the writing process, I was doing those exercises because I was jobless, so I had all the time in the world. So my most important excuse, which we all have, I don't have time of this horrible excuse, you know, that excuses us from everything. I didn't have it anymore because I had all the time in the world. I wanted to build something in two years because in Europe, when you get fired, you get a little bit of jobless money every month. I had saving also, so I knew I could practically continue my lifestyle for two more years. So in two years, I have to create something. And I said, okay, in these two years where the money comes still automatically from the state, best time to write a book because I don't have this pressure to go out and look for clients every day. And then I, I wrote the book, published it on Amazon, nothing happened. Um, that's normal because if you don't do certain, anything, it, nothing happens. And then I just started more, like more looking into marketing and everything and just didn't give, give up. And half a year after the publishing of the book, I got on a, on a newsletter, BookBub. It's like a life-changing newsletter for authors because when you get up there, you usually get many downloads and you go up in Amazon like a rocket and in the top position. And that's what I did. And then it started. I could actually suddenly start earning money with my books. And what also happens when you write a book, I think it happens to most of us, it's really when, you, when you're in the last chapters of your first book, you're already thinking about the next book. So that's how I became a writer. I didn't even consider myself a writer for a long time until I had sold over 20,000 books and had already written like five. And then I said, well, and if all, most of the money comes in also by selling books, so... I guess I'm a writer now, right? Because <laughs> I didn't think about it before. And then it's just mm, continued. And what I always did was these habits. I keep con continuously doing these habits I'm writing about because I know they work. So I just keep doing so. I'm setting new goals. I'm working every day. I get rejected a lot. So I know I have to overcome rejection mm. many times to get accept accepted once. And all this and also the, what we talk about today, the power of gratitude. So the gratitude, when I got aware of the power of gratitude, this is when I stepped up another level, I think. And that's why I always write and say it's probably the most important ingredient to my success because everything else was in place, but still there was not a breakthrough. But when I started being grateful every day for everything I have, not complaining about everything I don't have, and really made this gratitude a habit, like writing down every day three things that I'm grateful for. You know, I, I'm eating, I have a, a, a roof over my head, uh, I'm doing what I want. With time, uh, this it changes your brain. And that's scientifically, mm, scientifically proven. Proven, yes. Three, four weeks. Three, four weeks, six weeks. If you start, if you write down everything, three days that you are, uh, three things that you are grateful for, and if you really feel the gratitude. So I really feel the gratitude when I think about it. I really get goosebumps. Then your brain changes, so you start to be more optimistic. You start seeing more. 
more um, opportunities, you start being more healthy and that's incredible and it really works all the time. So I had only one client where it didn't work and I was talking to her on Skype like to you now, you know, and she mm. was like, oh. and I looked at her, I said, when did you start, when did you stop doing the gratitude exercise? And she was like, like, how did he see that now, you know? And I said, I said, how did you see that? I said, no, I can see it in your face. Your face is different like two weeks ago. And he said, yeah, two weeks ago I stopped it because it didn't work. And I said, oh, hold, 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 hold. How is that it doesn't work? Because this always works. So explain to me because I want to learn. She said, yeah, well, because I did the gratitude. I said, how did you do it? Well, I wrote down, at least I have this. At least I have that. I said, no, no. <laughs> My friend, this is not gratitude. This is lack. And if you do it like this, it works also. You see more lack. Suddenly everything around you seems like horrible. So I said, try it the other way again. So that was a great lesson for me also to learn to teach other people. Don't, when you do your gratitude, say, I'm grateful for. And you need to have that feeling, not at least I have a roof over my, because that is not that. So you can try to say, I'm grateful of having a roof over my head. So feels and sounds totally different than at least I have a roof over my head. Mm. And so, so that's one of the main things. Yeah. Huh? So the language a person uses when they are being grateful is really important. Person, you need to use it. A, a person needs to needs to be grateful for, which is in a more positive way, focusing more on the abundance. At least you are focusing yeah. more on the things that you actually like. Exactly. No, language is very important, and most of all, I mean, we know it of talking about with other people what your language can do, right? But what we oftentimes don't um, look so much at is how are we talking to ourselves? And this is really another success factor, another success habit. How are you talking to yourself, you know? Mm. You know, when you get rejected, for, um, it's easy for me to talk about it because I got rejected so many times, you can't even believe it. So how do you talk to you after you're rejected, you know? Do you say, oh God, I knew it, I'm bad, my father already told me I will never amount to anything? Or do you say, okay, he didn't like it or she didn't like it. Well, I know I'm convinced about my product, about my thing. So I will keep on. And this is a the small difference that makes all the difference at the end. And I'm, I, and this is not something that, I mean, some people have it naturally, but the good thing is you can really practice it. And how do you practice it? Repeating, 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 and every time improving a little bit. You know, when I get rejected or when I fail, it hurts still hurts. It's not nice. We would all love that everybody says yes to us all the time, but that doesn't mostly not happen. Uh, so, but you learn how to deal with it. it the, and the better you learn how to deal with it, the better it will get for you. Because we also have to think, you know, we live in a, in a world where everybody wants instant gratitude, quick success, shortcuts to success. And I don't know, maybe you know some people who have made it instantly but all the people i know maybe because maybe i'm another generation it was all hard work yes it was a lot sometimes seven eight ten years until the success comes Absolutely. and and we have to be aware of it and i noticed many times people want it too quickly also maybe now today people listen to us and they do the gratitude exercise one week and they say oh this this doesn't work oh. no do it six weeks and if after six weeks you don't uh notice uh, 
positive change, then you do it another two weeks until until you you notice the change. Absolutely. Why does gratitude work? I have no idea. I think because it's the most powerful, the most powerful uh, force in the universe. Gratitude. Uh, I think because it contains love. But I can't give you an explanation because I have to tell you also one thing: when things work, I don't question them. When things don't work, then I go down and analyze and say, "Oh, why does it that?" But when it works, I never never question it. But it, I just know there were st scientific studies that came to the same conclusion. So that for me is enough. I don't need more, you know. I'm, uh, when it works, keep doing it. When it don't works, change. That's also some very easy absolutely. like guidance. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And why do you think it's so hard for some people to be grateful? Because it seems like ah, for because, a lot of people, it's yeah. something that is so small that you can do maybe can take you less than five minutes in your day, but why do people yeah. do it? Because we are not mm, wired like this. Because we are wired differently. You know, our brains are wired to see problems everywhere. Why? Because 20,000 years ago or 10,000 years ago, when you couldn't see, when you hear a noise and you didn't see it's a problem, you are dead, you know, when you're in the wilderness or whatever. So that's, our brains are wired like this. So we have to re rewire them. And also, yeah, it's easier. It's easier to concentrate on everything that doesn't work very well. And a lot of things we take for granted. Look, uh, I discovered gratitude seven years ago. I was 40. What did I do between zero and 40? Why wasn't I grateful? I had a great life already, but it's just not, I think also nobody teaches us. You know, although the Bible, for example, the Bible teaches us, but I didn't understand it. Yes. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand. So why I, when I prayed, when I prayed, I was always to get something. Mm. And when it didn't come, I was like, ah, wow, this praying doesn't work. You know, when I start just giving gratitude to the universe, to God, to destiny, to whatever, more came. So uh, at the end, it's, we have to learn it. But it's totally worth it. It changes everything, I can tell you. And there's, there are many people in the world that are already grateful. And I think they have nice lives, you know? Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, in it's, your book, you It's important that we can learn it. Sorry? Um, it's sorry about that. In your book, you mentioned that your, like you could see your relationship start to change when you started being more grateful. Can you tell everything me? around you. Uh, what gratitude, how it helped you change your relationship with the people around No, I can, tell, I can tell you the other way around. Yes. When does relationships go bad? When we don't appreciate them anymore. Absolutely. When we take them for granted, when we take our grand, friends for granted, when we take our partner for granted, that's when it goes south. And then the other way around, it can also work. You have to appreciate. So when, when we appreciate our friends, there's no way the relationship can go bad because we are so happy, even if we are not in the same opinion with them, when we are grateful for them, for having them, and maybe for having them also to balance us or to keep our feet on the ground, which also sometimes is good. It's not always bad. It's, we need friends also, although it's better the friends, let's say, when they push us, but real friends know it. Real friends know when they have to push us 
and when they have to say, okay, mm. you know, our best friends, you know, so I maybe have five super friends for, and they keep me on the ground when I'm going a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. But when I go, when I'm sad, then they remind me of my greatness and say, hey, yeah, guy, you always do, did it, come on, you will do it. And that's the nice thing. So when, when we appreciate everything grows. Absolutely. So those are the both ways. And I can tell you because I'm divorced. Uh, sometimes you know all these things yes. and it's still difficult to practice them. So with my old job and with my ex-wife, I couldn't. I had, but now I can. And uh, that's the important thing also. So for me, it's really that in new relationships, I, I improve and I don't make the same mistakes that I did before because that for me was also many times so my relationship also always had the same pattern and and, and until I didn't sit down reflect think what what is this it was always the same I had to solve the problem mm. and then afterwards the same pattern didn't repeat so that's also something when you have something in your life that repeats a pattern maybe at jobs and relationships whatever sit down and analyze it. That's when I analyze, where I say, hmm, okay, because that, I know that. I say, okay, when, when a problem comes up over and over again, then I have to look at it. It can be also when you're an entrepreneur, payment. If you know, you know, if you always, your biggest client doesn't pay, well, there's something you have to learn there. Maybe, maybe you always have the same problem, a client doesn't pay you, your biggest client or something, then you need to look there. Yeah, what do I do? Do I change clients? That's difficult because if he pays a lot, or do I change payment conditions to at least have 50% before and something? So always analyze when, when patterns are repeating. Absolutely. And you know, I want to take you back to the relationship one because in relationships, often when a relationship is not working out, people start looking for like so many, so, so many, so many different things. And you nailed it right there when you said that often most relationships go array because the one person doesn't feel appreciated and people, people often don't feel appreciated and that's why they become unhappy. That's why they, um, you lose your influence um, over them. You, you are not able to get what you want from someone if you don't appreciate them or if they, or if they don't feel appreciated. And similarly with yourself, with myself it's hard for someone to get what they want from me if i'm like you don't appreciate me like you don't appreciate anything that i do and the same i feel the same principle also applies in business because in your book you mentioned that gratitude also helps in businesses with employees can you just take us through that yeah yeah it's there's the it was very it was fantastic when i found that because really that so there are also various studies in business. Sean Aker is a great researcher. He is a, the Happiness Advantage is a great book he, he wrote. How scientifically you can become happier you know, with the scientific uh, proof. And then he wrote also about business, about teamwork. And it was really incredible. So he said, when you, when you have an enterprise and you appreciate your employees and you just be grateful with them, I think it was once per tra- four quarter, four times a year, the retention rate in the first year goes from 80% to 96%. So if you have 100 employees, instead of uh, 
14 leaving the end, uh, in, instead of 20 leaving the enterprise, only four leave. That's mm. a lot of money because every employee to put him in new costs one to three times his salary and things like that. So it's so easy and we know it. We know it. I mean, but in my work, my best work days were when my boss said something nice to me. And um, Sean Aker made another study. He was with one of the cruise lines. And then he also made a, 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 a survey. He surveyed the employees and he said, of course. They, so he said, what was your best day at work? And he said, of course, it's people who work on a cruise line. You know, they see the world. They can go to the jungles and this and that of, of the Amazon or whatever. And, and they said, yeah, he, they, he thought they would come and tell them something like this. You know, oh, I saw this beautiful country or something. And it, it was like 90 of 100 Saturday when their boss was uh, praising them. Mm. And when you can be aware of that as a businessman, then this is awesome. But still, it's always about personal responsibility because when you are at a job where they don't appreciate you, you can still, you have a choice. You can still appreciate that you have a work, that you get your salary, that maybe you, you are, have fun at your job, that maybe your, your colleagues are nice or whatever. So there's always something to, to appreciate. But still, if it gets too much for, for you, you know, when you are not, then it's up to you to look for a new job. Nobody said you have to stay in a job where your boss don't appreciate you. And it's very funny. I had once a coaching client and he was a sales manager and he actually only wanted to improve his sales when we worked together. But then we also came, so because he wasn't appreciated by his boss. And then we did exactly those things, you know, what can you do to be more grateful for your job or whatever, but also what do you want of a job? And then he came with a list, what he needs to be, feel appreciated, to be happy at work. And his boss of this list, no point. He wasn't uh, nothing, he wasn't doing nothing. Mm. But this guy kept go kept working, kept doing, kept selling. And like half a year later, he got a job offer from the competition. And it was like on his list, everything was covered. And then he left. Mm. It was very easy for him to make the decision because he knew what he wanted. Mm. And then That's the it. opportunity came and then he could see it. Because many times we don't even know what we want. And then it's very difficult. We just go, you know, wandering. And I was, the great thing is, for the great, longest time of my life, I was like this. So I can totally feel it. I, when I write, I can pra practically write about my mistakes that I made. Absolutely. And then maybe to help other people to not make the same mistakes, right? Absolutely. So, for example, 30 Days, my, this is my best-selling book. It's a, the whole book what i said before it's a collection of exercises but the theory is very short i try to write it very short very quick so that the people come to the end of the chapter and do the exercise why because in my life i read many books and they were so long and so dense mm. and when i came to the end of the chapter and they said now do write down five things you're grateful for i said no i can't i'm too <laughs> tired now after after reading all this so i didn't so since I'm 16, I read personal development books, but I never did the exercises. 
seven years ago, I started doing the exercises because I had no more excuses left. Mm. And my life changed incredibly in seven years. I couldn't even imagine it. I, so I work with visualizing and everything, but looking at this now, what I have, I could never have even imagined it in my dreams. You know, so I live in Malta now. Two years ago, I didn't even know where Malta is, mm. that it is so beautiful as it is. It is. So I could not have, after f five years ago, I couldn't have said, oh, one day I want to live in Malta because I didn't know I was in Spain. I didn't know. So, mm. so life is kind of a mix of you visualize, but somehow destiny or God or the universe, whatever you want to refer to, brings you there when you act correctly if you give your best every day and sometimes your best is only 50 percent not a problem but just try to do your best every day make goals anyways work on your dreams then someday it will happen but look it took me seven years maybe you can make it in five maybe somebody can make it in three but as we said before i think the biggest mistake is we think we can have it in a month or in a year and sometimes it's not so easy, and if you look at the the, the cases, yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I just want to add there to anyone that's listening, right? Because I have a little bit of a confession to make on my side, because I started practicing gratitude religiously towards the end of 2019, from about from around November 2019 into December 2019, and in a period of less than a month because I was practicing gratitude through a visual meditation technique. And I coped with that as well with visual, uh, visualization of love, of forgiveness, of my long-term goals, um, what I'm gonna do in my day for me to make sure that I'm not just chasing my long-term goals, but, but every single day because my goal mm -hmm. every single day became to have the best day possible and to be happy every single day because you can only take things one day at a time. The happiness is always now in the present. And also just believing that I had whatever it was inside of me for me to go from where I was to accomplish those long, those, um, those longer term goals and to, and to do the things that I need to do in a particular day to be happy. So for me, practicing gratitude, I felt was one of, was the biggest part. And within a month, I saw the results. Like I saw my life start to wow. change. 2020 was probably the worst year for a lot of people. But for me personally, mm -hmm. in my old 35 years of being alive, 2020 was the best year that I ever had. So, you know, so it's, I feel, so I just want to just, just tell, just make people aware that you can get to that place where you want to be, but you have to set happiness as a goal and the mm -hmm. fastest way for you to turn your thinking from negative to positive is regards to practice. Absolute. Yeah. And it's very funny because for me, 2020 was also my best year in my life. I love it. And I know many people. I mean, I hope soon it will be better for everybody again. Yes. But that's also what it is. So really, we create our own right reality. Absolutely. I lived in a bubble. You know, I lived in a yes. bubble. I'm sure you lived also in a bubble. Yes. 
I, I get it. I, I, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's incredible. Look, so for example, for me last last March, I was in Spain, and they put a hard lockdown on us. We couldn't go out in six weeks just for shopping, grocery shopping. So that was very hard of me because happiness. I also know about happiness, and I know exercise is very important for happiness. Walks. So they took it all away from us. Let's see it like that. And then I decided to leave Spain and move to Malta because I was checking the politics of COVID also worldwide. And I saw from the beginning that the prime minister of Malta, uh, he had a very good way between safety, but still he said, we still have to live. We can't stop living. Mm. And now again, so long time later, I live on a, this beautiful island and we can pretty much do everything we want. We are all very responsible. We follow the rules, but businesses are open. Uh, Malta, and this is incredible, in December 20, the retail grew 4% to 219. I mean, that's like incredible because it's the same thing. In 220, everything crashed. Mm. So, so the, what I wanted to say is you live in your bubble because now suddenly I live in a country where can I live how I want. Absolutely. Because when you do the gratitude, you get ideas, everything, and then you also have to act. And the best phrase that I learned in 2020, or one of the best because I, I learned many, but which was for me deciding is, if you don't like the menu, change the restaurant. <laughs> it's so simple, mm. but it's really like, because there are so many people, they don't like the menu and they go to the same restaurant all, the, all day and complain mm. instead of just going to the next restaurant next door. And that can so also bring you happiness because complaining. Basically, if something is not working for you, try something else. Exactly. It works. And because complaining is the opposite of happiness. Complaining will, on the opposite of gratitude, it will make you more and more unhappy during mm. time. Absolutely. If people focus more on the good, they see more good. If people focus more on the negative, you see more negative because... Uh, ab yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's like, it's, like, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where when you think negative thoughts, it just makes you a negative person. When you have positive thoughts, it makes you a positive person. When Absolutely. you steal, it makes you a stealer. When you are happy, you, it makes you a happy person. So it's you basically define what it is that what, what you want to be by your actions. Exactly. What you and what you concentrate on. You remember this old? I always said if you want to buy a new car, a red Golf. I always say red Golf, Volkswagen, or whatever, or red Hyundai. Suddenly you see it everywhere when you walk through a city. It feels like the whole city now thrives that car. And before you didn't notice it. And it's exactly because of that, because you focus on it. Absolutely. And that's how it works with happiness, with gratitude, and unfortunately also with uh, complain and with feeling negative when you are sad. It's okay to be sad. We, it's, um, every emotion has its place. But if you concentrate too much in being sad and oh, I'm so, then you will see more and more and more why you can be sad. So when I get sad, I accept it. 
But then I, know, I st shift slowly the focus of, okay, how can I get out of this again? Because being sad a day is okay. Two days, maybe, maybe even four days. But if it gets too, too long, then you have to look. I mean, am I still really grieving? Or am I actually nourishing something? Do I, do, I, do I actually get addicted to the emotion because it makes me somehow feel good? Maybe some more people, that people care more about me, you know, and things like yes. that. So, yes, absolutely. So all the emotions, all the emotions have their place, but you can also get out of the emotions. And of course, happy like Buddha, I mean, happiness is the nicest, but I can tell you, for me, not all days are happy. But if I get to 300 a year, I'm good. It's a spectacular year, you know. Then <laughs> you have a you have a couple of neutral neutral days, and then you have a couple of sad days. And then I sit on my sofa and I'm like, okay, so now what I'm gonna do? Do I just gonna be sad the whole day? This is an option, or I could go for a walk because I know if I walk for an hour, so many things are happening in my brain with the with the hormones. I will surely feel better. Or do I do gratitude? Gratitude again brings you. The quickest way, but no, today I don't want to be grateful. I want to be grumpy. Okay, well, but like this, you know, and like this, you, you manage it. And you see that it's your choice. It's not like sadness overcomes you and then you don't know what to do and you have to wait until sadness goes. No, it's like, no, no, okay, let me analyze it a little bit. And what can I do? And sometimes I choose to be sad for a day on the couch and do nothing. And it's okay. Yes. But then the next day is a new day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate you coming to Abdullah and being a guest. Guys, if you want to work with Mark directly, you can contact him on his website, www.markwithcloud.com. I'm going to include the link below in the description. And you can also find more information about him as well on his Twitter handle. It's Mark with Cloud. If you want to connect with him on Twitter, you can connect with him as well on Instagram and on Facebook. And oh, I have to say, I have to say, I'm off Twitter and off Facebook. I left Twitter and Facebook, so I'm on Instagram, or they can reach me via email. I try to always um, uh, answer every mail. I usually answer every mail. If I don't answer in two days, hit me again. Sometimes I lose it, lose the mail or whatever. But yeah, you see, we also, last week we were communicating and now we're already talking <laughs> exactly 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 thank you so much mark and you mentioned thank you you mentioned something about you are you just finished a new book and you are someone that has published several amazon bestsellers and i just want to ask you how does a person um how does a person create an Amazon bestseller? Oh, yeah. First, you have to write a good book, <laughs> a pretty good <laughs> book. And, and then it's just a work. So for me, that's also, uh, it was six months it took me, hmm. over and over and uh, trying again, you know. I mean, the best is, for example, for an author also to have an email list. Many people say, oh, okay, now I have my book ready. Should I start an email list now? No, you should have started the email list half a year ago when you were still writing your book. But it's still okay. And then you do, you do it, the uh, promotional sites and everything, and then you just push, push, push until 
until you make it. So for me nowadays, it's a little bit more easier because I have an email list of 20,000 in the, in the US, I have 5,000 in Spain. And usually if I put out a book and I tell my followers to, to buy it, they buy enough to make it a, a bestseller. You also don't need so many books to become a bestseller. There's, it's also not so important because it's the same thing. So the bestseller is nice, but it's really even nicer to be, become a long seller. So to write a book that practically five years from now is, will still be selling. That's the fun. That's, and if it doesn't work at first, you know, for me it was also, because many people think you need one book and then that's done. You can be, live off that. Very few people can. The important thing is that you write more books. And then now I have 10 books and then I have 10 in Spanish, 10 in, no, six in German. So that's 26 books that already can, can give you a good lifestyle because it's 26 products. Mm. If every book just sells $10 a day, that's $260 a day. So that's already, uh, that's... and then you have all your books and other stuff. So, so the, yeah, the basic thing is you have to be, um, you have to write a good book and then you have to market the heck out of it. And I wrote this book, Rich Author, Poor Author. That's your latest book. Yeah, which <laughs> is, which is it's like 50 things that successful authors do differently from unsuccessful authors because I was a poor, poor, I saying like as unsuccessful, but the title is like from rich dad, poor dad, right? It comes, uh, so it's a nice title to make it, to make it clear the difference between, because it's about mindsets. Successful authors have different mindsets than unsuccessful authors. And I analyzed it because I was a poor author for many years. And now I'm doing a little bit better. And um, it's again, it's like, what did I change? You know, so in my books, many times I can go, oh, what did I change? What? And then try to bring it or generalize it more or less. Of course, I looked, I watched other authors that are successful. And I said, oh, they're doing the same things. They're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this. And then I saw authors that are not successful and they do also the same things. You know, they think, for example, it's a very important thing. So uh, we, successful authors, we often do free promotions because we know that the free, for, I probably know that every reader for me is worth $20. Even if I give my book, so if I give my book away for free to 5,000 people on Amazon, I'm not feeling like I'm losing money. Hmm. I'm feeling like I'm winning because it's 5,000 new readers. Let's say if every five of them buys two more books, that's a good hmm. conversion. Many unsuccessful writers say, no, I will not give away my book for free. It was too hard work. Da, da, da. So you say like, wow, okay. <laughs> So you have really all the successful authors do that. that. That doesn't mean that now everybody writes me and say, give me your book for free because that doesn't work. But we, there are, there are um, promos, you know, I do once or twice uh, a year, I give books away for free. And for me, I'm a little bit strange of it because of course, you know it, how it is as an entrepreneur, many people want things for free. And for me, it's always important that I decide who, when it's for free and who it's for free. It's also the same with conferences. Yeah? You know, when I, somebody wants me to speak at their conference and they are making a lot of money, but they want me to speak for free, I said, no, I won't speak for free at your mm -hmm. conference. But it, 
on the other hand, I see a conference that wants the good for people, that 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 donates the money to build a school. Then I will go and talk there for free. Hmm. So I think for a businessman, it's also important that you decide when you give it for free and when you make people pay. So as an author, it's also important to realize that you are not just you're not just a writer, you're also an entrepreneur, you're a business yeah. person. Absolutely. So yeah. that's something that's also one of the things. That, so the rich authors, the successful authors, we see it as a business. And of course, we love writing and I love every nice review that comes, every person that write, uh, uh, tells me, wow, your book helped me a lot. This is fantastic. This is the most beautiful. But I also like the money coming in because that's what feeds me. At the, at the end <laughs> exactly thank you so much mark i really appreciate you coming thank you Aguila. thanks for having me and we'll hopefully uh, so, see you very very soon to talk more about how to become an amazon bestseller okay anytime <laughs> uh, you know how to reach me thank you i'm adewade the jumo and this is the happy like Buddha podcast I would love to connect with you on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook, you can find me at Adewale Adejumo. On Instagram, at TheRealWale Adejumo. And on Twitter, at Wale Adejumo. If you enjoyed that episode, please subscribe to the Epilogue Builder Podcast so that you do not miss new episodes we will release. And I will see you on our next episode.